0: Hey everyone and welcome to another Ready Your Future podcast. I'm so glad that you're hanging out with me on this one. I want to talk a little bit about the water dilemma and I'm going to start off this one telling you a little story about Todd when he was a really young boy or maybe not that young but maybe probably about somewhere between 11 and 13 years old. I can't really pin it down. So when I was 11 12 13 years old around there Uh, the family had a big reunion in mexico and so i have some distant relatives who own uh, a really big uh, orange plantation uh, outside of monterey mexico so it's like mm, about two and a half three three hours outside of monterey mexico and so i mean this is a great piece of land i mean uh, my uncle owns like oranges, orange trees more than you can possibly see. The sad thing about this is that, uh, the cartels have pretty much taken it over and he's, he's passed, he passed away probably about four or five years ago. And, uh, the last couple of years, he loved going up there. If, if I ever went down there to visit, he always assumed I wanted to go down there. And, uh, uh let me tell you, so I'm going to just tell you another story on top of this story. So one time we went and I was going and I was trying to practice, my Spanish, and so I spent about a month down there with uh, some some cousins that I knew that had spent time over here with us uh, and and my parents years before. So he knew that I was out th- uh, down there, and so he, you know he's like, hey, let's go to the ranch. And so we go to the ranch. It was just me and him. And so we go, and he goes, and the first thing he's like, hey, check out whatever you want to check out, and he would get on the horse and go, you know ride as far as you want you know no big deal so i go do all that stuff come back and uh he's like okay you're ready for lunch and so we go to now imagine this is like rural mexico so imagine rural america but we're talking about rural mexico and you think about all the the uh you know the movies that you see and stuff like that i mean uh it, it was like that right i mean it's like the the typical thing that you think about now you know like monterey mexico is a very modern city Um, But we we were like rural, rural Mexico. So anyway, so we go and we go to this one place where it's for lunch. So you walk in there and it's this little hole in the wall. And I'm like looking around like, oh, my gosh. So, you know, we're used to going to a Mexican restaurant, sitting down. They bring you chips and salsa and, you know, whatever you want, all different kinds of drinks here. Like we go up and we order chicken and that's it. So we go and sit down and they bring us, it's like a rotisserie chicken on on a platter, right? And all you have are tortillas and salsa and, you know, like hot salsa and pico de gallo and stuff like that. My uncle drank a beer and they gave me like a a warm Coke. And that, that was it, man. And so my uncle is just like, I'm looking around I'm like, all right, you know. And so we, we go to town on that. We go back to the, to the ranch and we take a little... I mean, a siesta, like no, no doubt. i like he like he goes and he lays down and turns on the air condition, which is very rare for rural uh, Mexico out there. But he turns on the air condition and and we take a nap for a little while, you know, and that's just kind of the way it was. Um, but anyway, so th- that's the place that we were going to. So we go and we have this reunion and like everybody shows up. And he has this great place, and uh, we see people that we really never knew and, and get to meet people and, and all that kind of stuff, a lot of food, and it was just a lot of fun. So afterwards, we stayed really, really late, and we were headed back. And again, this is like two and a half to three hours away from uh, from um, Monterey, Mexico. And so we're, we're headed back, and everybody had set up reservations to stay in this one little motel now again remember think about the kind of motels that you i'm not talking about like chain hotels or motels or like motel six or whatever i'm talking about like you go to rural america and you see a motel and it just seems like a little hole in the wall most people like i'm not going to stay there right i'm not i'm not staying there i'm going to go stay at a motel six or you know, whatever it might be, but I'm not going to stay in that little hole in the wall. So that's what this was. So again, imagine rural America, hole in the wall. This was even more of a hole in the wall type of motel. So we get in there and we're looking around and we're like, man, this is not what you're used to when you think about staying in a motel or a hotel. And I had two beds, you know, my mom and dad were going to, you know, have one is like a uh, You know, uh, it wasn't really king size. I guess it was just a full size bed. My brother and I were going to sleep in the other one. So we get in there and the first thing we do when we go into the restroom, we see signs on the sink and signs in the shower. And you had to know Spanish. I mean, if you if you didn't know Spanish and you were just staying there, you wouldn't have been able to to understand what it was. But it said, don't use the water. There are parasites in the water so we're sitting there like man that's just too much you know and of course when we go when we go and i haven't been since i was young i don't remember the last time i went to to monterey mexico but when when we would go we never would drink the water we would always drink um we would always drink coke and whatever and so i mean it's an easy way to get dehydrated but we just never would drink the water unless it was bottled water and towards you know uh, when this happened when i was young bottled water really wasn't a thing and so uh you know you anyway so when we go we really d- didn't would never drink the water anyway but i mean you're thinking about I need to take a shower I need to brush my teeth I need to wash my face and you're talking about all those different kinds of things so some of my other other cousins and and, and uncles and aunts that had gone and that stayed because they all made reservations in this little motel they were completely grossed out and they're like some of them just like we're, we're getting on the road and we're leaving and so for instance it's not uh, it's not safe I mean you're it's rural Mexico you're driving late at night like you would have gotten back to Monterey like two, three o'clock in the morning. And Dad just didn't think it was safe in case there was a breakdown or who knew what would happen in the you know, on those roads and so he was like, Let's just stay here tonight. We're not gonna we're not gonna do anything. We're you know, no water, no showers, no brushing our teeth in the morning. We're gonna sleep and then we're gonna head out. And that's what we did. We slept the first sign of daylight, we were out of there. Uh, eventually we stopped somewhere to You know grab a coke i think i brushed my teeth with coke that doesn't make sense but back then it was like you you just had to do something like that anyway it's kind of weird anyway so we don't have to deal with that kind of stuff here for the most part we don't we don't have parasites in the water and so we're very used to going to to the faucet turning it on and we have all the water that we want That's going to be a very, very different situation if there ever is an emergency where water is not available to us like that. So you think about like burn bans, not burn bans, I'm sorry, uh, where there's uh, water uh, bans or issues and they tell you, you know, you gotta boil your water or even they tell you don't even boil your water, like don't even touch it. There's been times like that that I know that uh, people have seen after like uh, for instance, in I think it was in Houston. Um, it didn't happen in, my, in our area, but in Houston, when, the, um, when we had the big freeze, right? Uh, Ice Storm Uri or Winter Storm Uri or whatever. So some people had to deal with that. But for the most part, um, we, it's very, very rare. And then when that happens for us, we always just go to the store and we get water. And if it's in a certain area or a neighborhood, a community, town, whatever it might be, you know, companies rally to bring water in so everybody has enough water but in an emergency situation that's not going to be the case so one of the things that we always talk about are water filters and and all that kind of stuff but even at that so I want you to think about the water sources that you have right now now if you live out in the country or you live even in the suburbs where you have a a water a well which, in my area, there are some people that, you know, my my area was very kind of rural, and then it just kind of built up. So some people still have wells, but if you have that, then you you know you you're fine. You just need to be able to get the water up from the well if the well is uh, has water, uh, if it's not running dry. But think about everybody else in 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 America who has issues with. Uh, if there's an issue with water, and then you are you run out of water, and then you have to find water and a water source. So I know that I've said this before, but I really want to stress this because I was thinking about this the other day, and it's just like it really can get pretty bad for people. We have retention ponds. We, see, we, have, we have water all over the place, but everything, all the, the streets empty into those places like when in, in when there is it's an overflow basically when it's raining. And so you have those types of things. You might even have some uh you might even have a, a little pond around you or a lake and if it's just your pond and you know what you what you're putting in it or what you're putting around it then that's fine. But all these retention ponds and all these sources of water around you with the runoff, you know, people putting chemicals on their lawns and then the runoff from the streets and the oil and all that, your little water filter that we're talking about for the most part isn't going to take care of all of that. And so there's going to be some real big dilemmas there when it gets to water. So think about the water sources that you have. Think about uh, where you could, if you have a fresh water source and that's that's great. You are ahead of the game. You will just want to think about how you're going to get that water to your home. And then um, if you need to, go ahead and run it through a, a filter. But for everybody else, we're looking at some serious water issues. So what do we do? And we always make sure that we store water. But the problem is, is that water is very bulky and heavy. And it takes up a whole lot of space. So you can't just... Uh, you know, stock up enough for a year. That just, just, it's very rare to do that if you're living in the suburbs, in an apartment, in the city, that kind of thing. You know, those that live out in the country can get a big water tank and you can fill that sucker up and you'd have a lot. But we talk about one gallon of water per day per person. And that, guys, that's a minimum. That's a minimum for cooking and drinking, um, in, in, uh, you know a little bit of hygiene that doesn't go into you know bathing and any of that kind of stuff so one gallon per person per day is a is a big minimum so you think about that dilemma that we're going to wind up having so in that case when you need to find water when you're like dying of thirst and there's nothing else you need to have like a full process of how you're going to turn that nasty water that you find around your your neighborhood or whatever to be able to, uh, you know, make it as, as good as possible. And a lot of that is going to be filtering after filtering after filtering and then probably distilling to be able to have a little bit of water. And that takes a long, long time. I mean, we're not talking about throwing this into a, just a Berkey and then letting it run. We're talking about filtering, filtering, filtering filtering, many, uh, you know, iterations of filtering, and then distilling, which is going to take fuel, whether you're either running propane or you're uh, wood or whatever it might be. And then you have stuff that can always, um, you know, always break down on you. So this is a, a big topic. That really needs a little bit of discussion. I think in the meantime, you need to be stocking water. I always say the easiest thing for the entry point for everyone is going and getting cases of water. I think with one case of like 24 bottles of water, and I would make sure that you don't get like the cheap plastic bottles of water from like Walmart or whatever, you know, the kind that you can just puncture with your finger, you know, do a little bit of research. I think the Nestle water, if I'm not mistaken, was rated pretty high. Uh, But anyway, so you want to you want to find those those cases. And I think every case, if I remember correctly, it's been a little while since I did the math, but I think you're looking at three gallons, if you add all of that up three and a half gallons or something like that. And so you can stock a little bit of that, put it up against, you know, in a room that no one is using, um, you know, definitely not in your garage, uh, in, in a room, in, you know, against a wall, as, as much as possible that you can do. And so there you go. I mean, you stack a couple of those. You might have enough for a week for your family, depending on how big you are. But then, you know, there's water bricks. There's 55-gallon drums. There's all different kinds of things that you can do. Um, I wrote an article on the rain catchment tarp over at Ready Your Future um, a while back because I know that that is an important deal and that's one thing that I would do. I, I would have a tarp just for when it rains and, and I would bring that out and fill up every container that I could when it's raining and that would be a clean tarp. That water would be clean and no need to filter or anything else like that just as long as that tarp was, was kept clean and free of all the, the, the junk that would normally be uh, around there. But anyway, I just wanted to really bring that up because the water, deli- we talk about water all the time. We buy the the you know the Hydro Blue VersaFlow, uh, I and I I believe in in that one. I really do. I think that's a that's a good one. Uh, the Sawyer Minis, and then we talk about Berkey's, and we talk about all the other things out there. But you really need to think about this, and it's probably something we need to revisit in greater greater detail. Of how to make sure that we can make our water as, um, as 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 good as that we can to be able to drink in an emergency situation if things start to really truly break down. And you really, again, you don't need a breakdown. You don't need like a full collapse of society. You just need the water plant in your area to break down and not be able to get the parts that it needs to be able to repair things and, and you're out for a while and then they got to run through the, the line they got to clear the lines you got to do all that kind of stuff and just think about what that would take so anyway I'm going to go ahead and sign off on that one um, just something to really truly think about you know we, we, we think about bug out bags and we think about all the gear water water should be something that we really truly consider and uh, really like Whatever you have, like ration that out. Like how long could you go if you did the minimum one gallon uh, a day per person? You know, how long could you survive if you just survived off of your water right now? And so, uh, you know, do a little bit of, of, of research and a little bit of math and and figure out what you have and, and what you need to do. So anyway, hey, guys, if you uh, appreciate the podcast and you appreciate Um, just what's what's happening at ready your future you can always support us by going to readyyourfuture.com forward slash support there's a lot of ways that you can support the podcast and what i'm doing in the preparedness community a lot of those things it's not just like hey give me a donation i mean you can do that you can go to buy me a coffee and buy me a coffee or you can just continue to uh you know look at some of the other things like buy through amazon through my amazon link it doesn't cost you anything or you can subscribe to the top preparedness articles you know and you can you can do do that but I uh, would greatly appreciate your support there and I'm going to go ahead and sign off have a great week uh, don't forget to stay prepped and aware peace